Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 21, Mark Donaldson Doesn't Settle for the Ordinary. Do you want to learn about Mark's unique perspective? Well, let's get started. Mark manages a team of instructional designers who are responsible for training corporate employees. There's two things you ought to know about Mark. First, he's a performance improvement expert who thinks systemically about opportunities and problems. In his role, he doesn't just think about training employees on their knowledge and skills. Rather, he and his team focus on developing learning and non-learning interventions that enable employees to move closer to achieving their desired performance. And of course, that ultimately is moving towards achieving business goals. The second thing you ought to know about Mark is, well, he's a brilliant manager of people. Think about it this way. If you work for a manager who values you, who gives you the support you need, but also allows you the space to be creative, you may be working for Mark already because that's who he is. And I think throughout this episode, you're going to find out a little bit more about his character that shows why he's brilliant at managing people. Oh, one other thing. Mark reminds me of Andy Hibble, who was in the first episode. Like Andy, he's pretty humble and appreciates what he has and where he's going. In other words, he's a good person and a good person to get to know. Part 1. Discovering Your Options What does Jay Izzo, Chris Everett, Brian Barron, and I have in common? I mean, besides, we all have podcasts. Jay hosts A New Direction, and Chris and Brian host the Indigo Podcast. If you listen to our episodes, you're going to pick up a lot of themes. And one of them goes something like this. People often think narrowly about what they can do when things happen to them. Putting it another way, people allow circumstances to shape their decisions and their lives. Mark talks about this theme from a slightly different perspective. Well, I'll let Mark explain it. Here's Mark. I don't know that there, there's been one specific conversation or one specific quote or, or something that someone has told me that that's really drastically changed the way I thought. I think it's been more a lot of little things throughout my career and, and throughout my life that have kind of molded the way I've thought and the way I've, I've looked at, at, at leadership. One of them was just through circumstance growing up and, and getting in, into, into jobs and family life and, and just life in general is this mentality of you've always got choices. I've seen folks that, that really kind of take on this, this victim attitude of, hey, all this stuff is happening to me and there's no way that I can, nothing that I can do. And that's always bothered me because I, in, in my viewpoint, you, we've always got choices. There's always options. We, we may not like the options, but they're always there. And I think just for me, reminding myself that, uh, that hey, you, you've got choices, whatever the situation may be, I'll transition that general mindset to, you know, when I came out of college and, and started working, I, I love doing hands-on. So I'm, I'm in the learning space. Uh, and so I loved building training courses. I loved it. it. It was great. After a few years, I thought, yes, I love this, but at some point I want, I want to leave my own team. I felt that my skill set, my personality was really better suited for a, a leadership type role than kind of an individual contributor, hands-on doing the work 
itself type of role. A few years ago, um, was promoted from an individual contributor to leading this team. And my boss at the time, I mean, he, he knew for years that this was the direction I wanted to go and put me in all the positions to, to show that I had the skill set and the competencies to succeed in this role. <laughs> but after I got, was moved into this, this job, he and I, you know, we'd have our, our weekly one-on-ones and I'd, some weeks I would just go into his office and had no idea what was going on. Uh, just felt like I was getting hit from every different directions and, and couldn't get my, couldn't get any momentum going on anything. And there were several times that, that he looked at me and, and we still joke about it today. He looked at me and said, remember, you asked for this. Oh and boy. It, but he said it kind of joking, but uh-huh. also saying, hey, you know, don't forget, this is exactly what you asked for. That This management leadership thing isn't always as glitzy and easy as, as people make it look sometimes. I'm getting that your boss was also saying, not only you asked for this, but you can do this. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. There, there was, you never said that in a way of, look, you're on your own. You asked to do this. You go figure it out. He was always very supportive and, you know, would talk me through any situation and really just kind of guide me to figure out how do I want to handle this? To me, it kind of circled back to, you know what? You're right. I, I did ask for this. I chose to go this route. I am here because I wanted to be here. And I and kind of circling back to that, that non-victim attitude of what choices do I have from where I am right now? And even when I think we all know, no job is perfect. Every job's got headaches. It was kind of a reminder to me that, you know what, I may be dealing with headaches in this job right now. I chose these headaches. I'd, I'd rather have these headaches than the headaches that I had in previous jobs. So that just kind of helped, I don't know if it settled me, but gave me some perspective of, look, you're here, you can do this, you're learning. No one expects you to go from individual contributor to leading the people that you used to sit next to. All my former peers are now reporting to me. It had some you know, interpersonal dynamics in there. And really trying to, trying to make that transition was, it wasn't always easy, but you know, he also told me, look, no one comes into a manager role and are, are perfect. You're learning how to do things. Like, yeah, yeah every leader learns how to do what you're learning right now. It just happens that we still joke, like, I just had a lot of learning in my first six months. Just some crazy things, like these things that I've never experienced before, like all happened in the first six months. And, like, and all at once, I'm sure. Oh, and all, exactly, all at once. Yeah, the, the joke was, yeah, I, I got about three years of experience in about six months, just because all these different things kept coming up that, you know, no one else was, again, I've never had to deal with any of those issues before. It was just one of those, you know, when it rains, it pours. Well, you know, when, when you yeah. talk about choices, you made the choice to go into management. When you met with your boss, it sounded like you're making the choice. You're consciously, and let me put it another way. You're deliberately choosing how you're going to respond to yes. all these situations and all this pressure. That is a clear choice that mm-hmm. you made. And it sounds like it adjusted like you said, it gave you perspective and it adjusted your attitude and your approach to what you were dealing with. It did. And it, when I was an individual contributor and you know, my boss was then promoted from a manager to a director and I was promoted from individual contributor to a manager. So I was kind of taking over his role. So we both got promoted up. And one of the things that he kept telling me in similar conversations of, hey, you know, don't forget you asked for this was also this is your team. Like, don't try to be like me. 
UBU, again, through some of that learning and some of that transition, I've, I've been able to have similar conversations as we've had turnover on our team. One of our, 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 our top developers moved over to one of our sister teams who still supports us. The younger developers were kind of freaking out a little bit. Is, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to handle this? We just lost this huge resource. Brought them all into my office and said, listen, this is a huge opportunity for both of you to really show you can step up and you can do this level of work because in a lot of ways, you've been defaulting to this other person. That, that's a choice you guys have been making, been defaulting to this other person. Now that they're not here, you don't have anyone to, anyone to default to. You're now the resident expert. So embrace that and, and, and hold on to that and, and, and grow into that role. In fact, one of them even said, yeah, like, and we, we were talking about career growth and he said, yeah, in one to two years, I want to be the next Joe, who, who's the guy that left. I said, please don't ever do that. Don't ever try to be the next somebody else. Please be the best you that you can be and choose to be, because you, you will bring things that they will never be able to bring because you're a different person. I think embracing the, embracing your uniqueness and embracing the, the value that you personally bring to a role, not what your resume says, because resumes can look the same, but completely different experiences, completely different people behind those resumes. Be you, bring your own personality to the role, bring your own strengths, bring your own weaknesses. When you're there, you know, choose the opportunities that are going to highlight your strengths and, and, and give you an opportunity to grow your weaknesses, but don't be defined by, by anything, strengths or weaknesses. Continue to, to grow and continue to learn and, and, and make good choices and realize that, hey, whether it's a five-year career plan or whether it's, hey, what am I going to get done today? You've got choices on, on how to do that. And I think that is very, I don't really like the word empowering. It puts the action back on you. And I think, honestly, I really think people like that. I think people want to, you know, they want to have control over what they're doing and knowing that, hey, I've got choices. Again, I may not like them, but I've got them. They're there. Um, they may be hard choices, but they're there. And if I consciously choose to go this path, okay, then at least, at least it's my decision. I think people can usually live with their own decisions. Part two, rethinking compliance training. In my book, Nine Practices of 21st Century Leadership, I identify 26 leadership beliefs. One of them is this, and if you're keeping up with the numbers, this is number 12, Leading well is about empowering others. Empowering others is more than just saying, okay, go do it. It has to do with setting up the environment and giving the people that you're trying to empower the right direction, coaching, and consultation. It also means challenging people to work outside of their comfort zone, to push them just a little bit, but not too far. And of course, it means you don't micromanage them. Mark shares a story that exemplifies this. And of course, it's a story about leadership. Again, here's Mark. A, a year and a half ago, I, I lead a, a, a learning design team. And I was moved into a, our, our team was, was broken into two, so we could focus on two different types of training. So my team is focusing on re- redesigning, really rethinking our company's compliance training. And so I've got a couple of designers that work with me and I can remember some of our first meetings 
this is what we're going to be doing. We're, we're going to be rethinking and, and re-looking at, at compliance training. You just say compliance training and people are like, ew, like, <laughs> no, no one likes to take it. And, oh, you're the person that makes these things. Like these things are the, like, these are terrible. They're drudgery. They're um, not the first thing that when someone starts a company, they say, oh, good. I can't wait till I do the compliance training. Exactly. Definitely a necessary evil. You know, I stated very early on, look, our goal is that when we say compliance training, nobody rolls their eyes. Oh, I like no, that. You know, nobody goes, Ugh. that is the first step we want to take. So how do we think this to, you know, to change that mindset? And so a lot of that had to do with changing the mindset of, of my team and, and what was possible and changing the mindset of our stakeholders team. And, and, and luckily we have, we had some stakeholders that were completely aligned with, with my train of thought. Uh, I mean, we, we were all on the same page and thought, all right, this is what this could look like. You know, highlighting these little wins throughout the year. We are moving the needle. We have not moved it all the way, but we, we are moving the needle. Read the feedback that we get from some of our, the first courses that, that we've built following our mindset and our methodology and our strategy. One of my, my favorite comments that we got there was, wow, the, this course didn't suck as much as I thought it was going to. <laughs> Um, it's which, a step forward. It is. I'm like, I want to a completely backhanded compliment, but it's like, okay, they thought it was going to be worse. We, we exceeded their expectations. Yes. Uh, that is a step in the right direction. And so after kind of building the, you know, building this program and, and building these courses with, with us, with, with our strategy, you know, implementing our strategy of, of how we're going to do this, we got to the end of the first year and some of my designers came to me and said, look, I got to level with you at the beginning of the year when you told us this was what we we're going to do and, and we can make compliance training engaging and exciting and meaningful and, and a, a real an actual value add and, and people are kind of looking forward to taking it. Like we thought you were crazy. Like we didn't, <laughs> didn't understand what you were talking about. We're like, now that we're here, we get it. We see how, how that is, you know, how we have been able to, to move that needle and now when you talk about where we're going this next year, it's easier to visualize that. And, and we, can, we can see, oh, like this is going to be cool. This is going to be different. I think a lot of that, it was having a vision of what is possible and, and how can we turn this into a value add for the company and a value add for the employees of the company. And, and, and once we were able to, to set that vision and execute on some of the early wins, then it really got so much easier after that. Now my designers are, are even more excited and like, okay, we can do cool things with this instead of, all right, it's compliance training. Um, so it's, it, it, it's been a fun transition to watch. Well, this goes back to your first point where you have, you always have options. You don't have to be the victim of your circumstances. And what you did was you changed the environment for your team so that they could create something or start creating something that is more engaging, more meaningful for learners. It started out with some simple ideas. We're not going to make the same boring stuff. Right. And, you know, we, we're going to rethink how we do this compliance training. So it's more worthy of helping people believe in the company and exactly. what you guys are about. It's been fun to watch. I will say this. I, I am, I'm blessed with it unbelievable group of designers that have been able to execute on their plan. A, a leader can have great vision. If he or she doesn't have people to put that plan into action, like it's, it makes for a great PowerPoint deck, but that's about it. 
it never goes anywhere. So it has been great to watch my design team really work together and, and collaborate and, and, and come up with some really cool ideas of, of how they can go about this, how they can move, move this needle and, and really, really make a difference for the company. So nope. it, it, it's about choices, but it's, it does take some really good people. With that said, I think everybody's really good people when they're given something that they can really grab onto and be excited about. Yeah, definitely. It's a good thing you didn't take the traditional manager approach, which is this. And I, kn- I know you know this too well, that you say, okay, th- we're not building the best compliance courses ever. So we're going to take some courses on how to build great compliance courses versus talking about a, what you envision, changing the environment for your team to yes. enable them and encourage them to become creative and giving them room for creativity. I mean, it's a completely different experience. Yeah, it's been fun. I've thrown a couple of challenges at them. And you know, one of them is, look, we want to put something in each one of our, as we're des- designing some of, some of these learning experiences, some of these courses, we want to put something in there that we know is probably a step too far for our company culture that's probably going to get cut because our company's not quite ready to embrace that yet. But it's um, the direction you it, believe it, the company needs to go. Exactly. It's yeah, Gary, you're, you're exactly right. It's a, where we want to go, but we need to keep throwing it out a little bit further than company's ready to go. Eventually we're going to get there. It's been fun to watch the different ideas. I mean, one of the great leadership phrases is surround yourself with people smarter than you or, you know, or hire the right people and get out of the way. I'm really glad I've got designers that are that are smarter than me when it comes to building some really cool creative approaches. Part three, keeping your perspective. If you listen to enough episodes that I've done, you will know by now on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we reach part three, this is where the guest gives advice on how we can lead better, help other people, and just generally be good human beings. Well, here's Mark with his advice. Wherever you are, you've always got choices. Um, You know, if you feel like I'm in a dead-end job, you've got choices. You know, if you feel like, you know, this project is never going to die and it's just, it's killing me, you've got choices on on how to work within that project or or work in that, that job that you don't like. So I think that's, that's part of it. Another part, I'm a huge, well, I'd like to say I'm a huge reader. I used to be a huge reader. Now I'm a huge YouTube watcher because most of the authors that I used to read, they put four minute clips out on YouTube and I can get the gist of the book in four minutes. For me, that's a better use of my time. I'm a huge fan of uh, Simon Sinek, Daniel Pink, Gary Vaynerchuk. I just love the way that they think and, and the approach they take I heard a, gosh, this is probably 15 years ago. Um, I was watching a, a clip from someone and I forget his name, but basically he said, look, if you want to be weird, hang out with weird. If you want to be smart, hang out with smart. And I think some of it is just surrounding yourself with people or books or a mindset that is where you want to go. So for me, as I look at where I want to go from, from a leader perspective, I'm always seeing what what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying, what Simon Sinek is saying, what Mark Cuban is saying. Those are leaders that I respect and that I think really do a good job of, of keeping things in perspective, of not trying to sell a 
a leadership model or you know a leadership approach. It just now it just treat people right. That will take care of 90% of issues is just treat people right. What I would tell anyone is find some folks, you know, if, if you're a you're in sales, surround yourself with people that do sales better than you. You know, when I was a kid and I was playing basketball, my dad said, Yeah, go play basketball with guys that are better than you because that's how you get better. Same thing here with, with leadership or sales or you know, any any job. Surround yourself with people that do things better and just watch and, and observe and learn from others. I mean, that's something that I've done my entire career is I've always been watching my manager, people leaders to see, ooh, I like the way they did that or, ooh, I do not like the way they did that. Um, when I become a leader, I will do it that way. I will not do it that way. I think there's a couple pieces in there. So observe others, just surround yourself with people that person, you know, face-to-face people or virtual people through books or through YouTube clips or through blogs or any sort of communication medium that will challenge your thinking. For me, that's been the, the biggest thing. And I think it's something I'll, I'll guarantee I'll be watching something on YouTube tonight to, to, you know, pick something out of and trying to find a nugget in there to why, when I need it. That, that'd be the one thing that I'd, I'd recommend for anyone. To do. Okay. That explains why I think it's on Fridays. I'll tune into LinkedIn yeah. and I'll yeah. see Mark Donaldson sharing a video that he, yeah. that is the Friday video the, that you want to help people. You, you really gain something from and you want to share it with others. Exactly. Yeah. And I, it's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've gotten away from it over uh, I got away from it over the December and holidays and haven't gotten back into it in January, but that's exactly it. There are videos that I have been able to pull something away from that, that I have had to go back and watch more than once. I'm like, this is so good. I, I need to hear that again. So yeah, that's the exact premise behind that. We never know who we influence with the things that we do. So appreciative of seeing that part of you on LinkedIn where you you are sharing videos and your experiences and helping people with their building their environment and better themselves. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I, again, thanks for the reminder because I, I need to get back to that and, and, and be more intentional about continuing to do that. I'm going to watch LinkedIn. I'm going to catch the next one. I've now said podcast that I'm going to be doing this. So I guess I'm, I'm on the hook for doing it again. My thanks to Mark Donaldson. If you go to the show notes, you'll find links to learn more about who Mark is. If you like something about the show, want to make a comment, ask a question, go to unlabelleadership.com, click the message icon, And you can leave a voicemail up to one minute. I might share it on the air. Thank you also for supporting the show. Your support helps with production. One of the upgrades, for example, that I'm hoping to do is add transcripts that are automated to the show. Finally, thank you for listening. Until next time, lead on.